Oh yeah, do you want anything to drink? Uh, we got. I mean, I would love just like a glass of water. Yeah. Do you like um, sparkling or still? Do you have like a Lacroix? Is that a thing? I got a Soda Stream. <laughs> sure. Okay. It's unflavored. Great. It's Fire me up a right, weird cool. Soda Stream. <laughs> <laughs> this day's just getting better. Hey everybody, welcome to Tender Friends, the only podcast centered around chicken tenders and nuggets. I'm Michael Walker. And I'm Eric Wilson. Welcome to another exciting week of Tender Friends. Uh, we got dog TV on the background. Were you distracted <laughs> by that? <laughs> I guess I should probably, yeah, I mean like I have a dog. What do you want me to do? So we watch dog TV. It's got to watch TV. Uh, this is a very exciting week. Uh, we have a very special guest joining us, uh, a writer from Eater, Mr. Farley Elliott is here. Hey. hey! Applause from the studio audience. You are a senior food editor. Aren't yeah, you? not just regular. I'm senior. Yeah, I'm, I'm old. Sorry. Yeah, I, right. uh, no, no, wanna... no. It's it's, <laughs> it's truly uh, labels are meaningless. You know. Sure. I, I got to start true. putting my gender pronouns in my Twitter bio or something. It's all it's all very meaningless. <laughs> I don't understand. Um, no. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I yeah. uh, I I did not realize, I guess, until this very moment, that you guys are billing yourself potentially correctly as the only chicken tender and chicken nugget dedicated. Yeah. Like who else is out there doing this? I shit? haven't looked since we started, but when we started, <laughs> I looked and we were. Yeah. It's true. I'm not wow. lying. Yeah. At that point, yeah. I, don't I mean, know. 78 episodes later, this is episode 78, I feel like maybe someone's tried to copy us, but at the end of the day, no one's doing it as good as us. Yeah. That's it, right? Haters That's and true. imitators. That's exactly. all true. Yeah. Uh, so we're strictly devoted to chicken tenders, and uh, we know you have a great palate, and you're an expert in the food world, so we thought we'd bring you in to this place this week because we have an interesting kind of backstory with them. Yeah. We explained to you a little bit. Mm-hmm. But to fill everyone else in, uh, we went to 40 Love today, yep. which um, is in the same food network. What, what is it's it? It's a, a restaurant, restaurant group. group yeah. Restaurant group as uh, Delilah, which yeah. we went to a few weeks back with Alex Hudgens. And, um, My boy Hudge? <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll get it. He'll get it. It's Hudgens a girl. That's a girl. It's a girl. It's a girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when we went to Delilah. Obviously, if you listen to the episode, you know we were not a fan of their tenders. Yeah. A few bullet points. Their price is ridiculous, and the taste was... Not great. I would. I would you call it not great? I. They just weren't. I. They, I they weren't. Gr- they weren't. Yeah. I, sure. They were not great. They I were think fine. about it, and I'm like, is it just like me thinking like they were twenty four dollars, so they weren't worth it? Is yeah. Like putting weight and stock into that. Yeah. But no, I don't think they were good. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. I was trying to tread lightly because we had a fun experience and it was a really yeah, nice place and we had a crush on the waiter. Yeah, that's but, true. You had, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it, I, I, I'm, it's safe to say I didn't like them. Yeah? Yeah. I will say in my experience with dealing with restaurants, uh, in, in a, an odd way, one of the death knells of a restaurant is just being okay. Yeah. Right? Like if you're not offering anything other than the food and the food is just fine, mm-hmm. you're in real trouble. Yeah. So it, it can be about having a great experience or having a crush on the server or something like that, but boy, the, the food had better deliver at a certain point, especially like what you guys are doing is drilling down into one specific thing. Yeah, yeah. And so... It, it, in a way, it, it hurts me more to hear someone say, yeah, it was just fine. I would rather have a wildly bad experience mm-hmm. because at least it's memorable. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And it's harder to get. You don't often have a truly terrible restaurant experience right. or a truly amazing one. Yeah. So in the middle is like the scariest position. It's yeah, true. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we, we did have a great experience there. Yeah. We I had mean, a good it was, time I would, I would go back. Not for the tenders. Yeah. But sure. I'd have to be like willing to spend a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like impress yeah. a date or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the atmosphere is great. 
and I won't take anything away from that. But $24 for subpar tenders is not, you know, my go-to. The restaurant group is H. Wood. Yes. H. Wood, yeah. What else do they... So they've got Delilah, they've got 40 Love. So H. Wood is an interesting sort of test case here in Los Angeles because they originated as a nightlife group. Okay. And so they have places like Blind Dragon, which Mm -hmm. is like a clubby sort of spot. The Nice Guy, which is a sort of... Half restaurant, half club. They they really traffic in these sorts of places where like Drake is going to hang out and have his birthday mm, party. Yeah. But more recently, as those guys get older, as the group grows up, they've been transitioning more into straight up restaurants. So they have Petite Taqueria now, which is also on La Cienega. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there is a food element at Delilah, and they have Slab, which is a partnership with a guy named oh. Burt Backman from Trudy's Underground Barbecue. Yeah. He used to run like an illegal smoking operation out of his backyard in Studio City, and now he does barbecue on West Third Street because of H Wood. Yeah, yeah, I didn't really realize that that was an H. Wood restaurant. I haven't yeah. been there yet, but I would like to try it. It's good. Um, th- this is for the uh, World's Only Offset Smoker podcast that I'll be doing next week. <laughs> sure, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is a conversation to be had about um, the city of Los Angeles and its inability to properly regulate smokers so that like we can't have barbecue on par with Austin because the city won't allow it. Really? Yeah. Because w- of pollution? Uh, it's, it's a variety of things. It's, it's less about the city does not have it on the books that offset Texas style smokers where it's like a burn bin at one side, the tube of meat, and then the stick at the other end where the smoke comes out. Yeah. Um, it's not objectively a no, but they do say like, we just won't approve it. There's uh, health code stuff, like whether or not you're going to pull the meat out and serve it directly mm. to consumers. You do have air quality purification issues, but I will say... Because you have to do it outside, right? Yes. You, yeah. you, well, the only other option would be a huge I, smoker with a ventilation system? You could try to vent it with a kitchen hood, but you would need like essentially a warehouse size space. Yeah. You need to reinforce the ground. There needs to be a certain amount of space around the smoker so that people can't touch it and accidentally burn themselves. And it would need to be vented through a proper restaurant. So a place like You should start hood. a smoker podcast. <laughs> you should, yeah. <laughs> so like if you, if you go into Slab, Burt Backman before was doing it the old school way, just fire and time. And now he has a, a J&R, a Southern Pride box smoker that is... Uh, it's not pellet based. They modified it a little bit, but a lot of your favorite restaurants that do barbecue in Los Angeles are pellet based because yeah. they just it's a set it and forget it kind of box system and then it literally just floats up through the same hood you see in any other kitchen and then gets like aerated out through mm-hmm. a vent in the ceiling. Yeah. So uh my point is, this long-winded point is that uh, the guys from H. Wood partnered up with a dude who was doing super old-school, traditional Texas-style barbecue in his backyard, and I've modified it a little bit. I still think Slab is very good. It's probably still one of the two best barbecue restaurants in Los Angeles, but it is a bummer that the city can't get out of its own way to let Burt do the thing Burt should have been doing all along, yeah. which is mm-hmm. having the offset smoker. Yeah, and it's interesting that they wouldn't let that that food try to you know take over in LA. Yeah, it's it's tough. You go to Hobbs Barbecue down in Anaheim and they they have it figured out. Yeah. He's he's got a dedicated offset smoker that's attached to the restaurant but in a space that customers don't go and he got approval from the city of Anaheim and from all the local neighbors who like would be affected by smoke nearby and they said, "Yeah, it's totally fine." And so mm. he can do it and it's really municipality by municipality. So it's the city of Los Angeles as this big draconian kind of institution. Even places like not to out anybody but slant a door up in North Hollywood is like an old school kind of crappy Texas-ish style barbecue place. They run an offset smoker at their restaurant and the only reason they get away with it is because their health department guy doesn't give a shit anymore, you know? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> Kind of outing them. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care. They don't. My point is they don't make a secret of it. Yeah. Like the, the, the smoker is part of the branding and they're next to like a gas station and you can see the whole operation. Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, yeah, you could go on Yelp and you can see the photos of their <laughs> smoker. But like yeah. that, that's it. It's not technically legal in the city of LA, but uh, at a restaurant level, nobody cares up there. So who cares? Who would have known? It's interesting to have someone 
with so much knowledge. Yeah, on. yeah. Because week by week, we go through things. Uh, we usually research on air. Yeah, we never um, look anything up. <laughs> we try ever. to be surprised by it. Um, we are not food. Well, my, Michael has a good grasp on food and, and cooking. I eat like a nine-year-old, so my food is very mm-hmm. uh, yeah. limited. My knowledge is very limited. So you're definitely our first legitimate uh, expert on the show. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, you guys are bringing me up a level because I am a very much nine-year-old when it comes to eating chicken tenders. It's not a, it's not a routine part of my diet personally, sure. so I appreciate hearing from you guys about what makes a real yeah. tender worthwhile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also good. You, you never know who's going to have tenders. You never know who's going to have a good one. It's true. You know? Yeah. Yeah, like we say how surprise and norms are up there above... These, you know, more chicken-focused places is interesting. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, there's something interesting about every one of these places that I'm sure you've talked about, especially something like a Dave's Hot Chicken, which mm-hmm. sub two years ago was literally just three guys operating yeah. out of a parking yeah. lot. You know? Yeah, we've done... Um, we, have you done banging buns? So uh, I... I come at this from a slightly different angle, right? Like, I am I was the first guy to write about Dave's Hot Chicken, and mm-hmm. that's kind of my usual entry point, is yeah. to, like... I have some limited ability writing for Eater LA to help people uh, reach a wider audience. Mm-hmm. And so a story like Dave's, these guys doing chicken tenders in a parking lot, I think is really interesting whether or not the food is good. I happen to think the food is good, but it's usually beyond the point. Sure. So once you get into the derivative upon derivative thing, like banging mm-hmm. buns, once you get into the angry birds, yeah. like, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff is less interesting to me because they haven't found a new spin on it. Yeah. So the answer is no, I haven't been. And I don't necessarily feel a need to go because I'm less drawn to the food and more drawn to the story. Yeah. That's very interesting that you bring this up because there's two things I want to ask your okay. opinion on. Oh, yeah. So we, when we went to Helen Ray's, um, great experience, and we were talking to Mario mm-hmm. about all these derivatives and how these places, you know, they, they see how well Helen Ray's is done. They do the same thing, maybe a little twist or something like that. Um, I do think Dave's are different from yes. Helen Ray's as much as they can be. Mm-hmm. Certainly, yeah. Um, but they love it. Mario's like, no, it's all about being inclusive. It's all about like letting all these places in here and it's mm-hmm. and just, you know, we're, clearly it's not hurting us or anything like that. Right. You think that's bullshit? No, I mean, <laughs> I, some of it is probably the, the general idea of lip service where like when you're the guy on top, you're yeah. the, the most important mm-hmm. thing you can do is be nice to everybody below you. Sure, yeah. I completely hear that. But I also don't think that Mario is wrong. Like, yeah. it has not hurt their business. They are at a different model and mm-hmm. frankly, they're at a different price point and a different skill set. Yeah. There is... Most restaurateurs in Los Angeles would do well to look at what Howland Rays does well and to copycat that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I understand the lines are long. They're always long. I stand in the line. Like, it just is what it is. But you get inside that space and they fucking care. Yeah. yeah. It's a rowdy it's environment. Crazy. It's a blast. You sit at the counter and they sort of serve you those chicken sandwiches, like omakase style, uh-huh. and they hand them out yeah, to you. Yeah, and yeah. Every, the music's going like, that shit is hard to replicate. And it doesn't matter if you're the next guy down the chain who's trying to do the same thing. You can't redo that model. Mm -hmm. So I agree with you that Dave's is something like almost, not completely, but it's it's pretty very different. And what Dave's model operates on is like, Let's do all the things, like let's fill, all, fill in all the gaps that they didn't feel like Holland Rays was taking advantage of. Expediency, right? Like from mm-hmm. a kitchen operation and from a line standpoint, they can move people through that place as fast as possible. Yeah. They are reaching a subset of people, especially within the Arme- Arme- Armenian American community of Southern mm-hmm. California. And so they're just like hitting all these little touch points and they're like, our food is meant to be pretty good and also cheaper and yeah. way easier to get. Yeah. And there is room when you are Howland Rays for people just below you to quote, unquote copy your model and operate in a slightly different yeah. like format that still makes everybody successful so to that point now <laughs> yeah. angry birds mm-hmm. used to be what was it it was a mediterranean, mediterranean restaurant yeah. 
And Dave's, we found this out on air. We were like, because mm-hmm. Josh was talking about it. Um, Dave's parking lot was just a, f- a few doors down from Angry- mm-hmm. what Angry Birds is now. Do you mm-hmm. think they just were like, that seems to be working. Let's yes. just flip this whole bitch. One thousand percent. Yeah. And uh, Bang and Buns and a lot of the other places that have popped up, especially in North Hollywood mm-hmm. or other like Armenian enclaves. Yeah. Uh, a lot of these guys know each other. Went to yeah. fucking high school together or they're related. Why, we were wondering yes. why all of these hot chicken places, they're all run by yeah. predominantly Armenian yeah. it's not, dudes. It's not, I'm not guessing. Like I know it for a fact. Okay. Yeah. And so especially if you're the Dave's guys who kind of break out and become stars in this mm-hmm. genre, a lot of your friends or friends of friends come along and bite your style. So like as Dave's continues to grow and I'm, you know, I'm not going to break news on this podcast, unfortunately, but they do have a lot of plans for growth in the very near future. Yeah. What they are looking to do in part is to go into those neighborhoods that have a bunch of copycats and establish a real Dave's and mm-hmm. put down roots and let everybody know, Hey, we're the originals and we can do that thing. Yeah. You yeah, know? yeah. And, and in some ways, like, if we're just talking about money, Dave's is going to have a lot more cash on hand than Howlin' Ray's is very, very soon, simply because they're willing to operate at a different price point, a different mm-hmm. model, and a different quality level. Yeah. So they're going to go to five locations basically overnight, and Howlin' is going to fret over one yeah. or two because they care about it in a different way. And both can work. You just have to decide what kind of operator you want to be. Totally, yeah. But and I think that's nice, though, is that, like, like, there's a world in which there can be a Howlin' Rays and a Dave's yep. in the same city, yeah, and it'll exactly. work. And the, but that's the thing with Bangin' Buns is they were smart. They're in the valley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they have North Hollywood and Lock, and they already have a brick and mortar. Right. Um, right. From we, we went when they were in the parking lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But their, their brick and mortar popped up what, this year or end of last year? Probably like Yeah, I think January. it was like four or five months ago yeah. Yeah. yeah, at most. And they now they did like a music video to like boom, yeah, boom, really? the whole opening. <laughs> that's yeah, the other yeah, thing. Is that. They're it's very, they do skits. Shit. They do yeah. all this crazy shit. Yeah. That's fun. Oh, I've um, seen some sketches. Yeah. That's, that's very interesting. Um, they uh, I don't think they liked our review. Even though we, we gave them a lot of good points. Yeah. But we were talking about inconsistencies and that yeah. kind of well, thing. Well, there were. I mean, And I don't think they appreciated that. But they were still fine. I mean, they were good. They were really good. So I guess that leads me to the ne- my next question then is like I, you said that you don't eat tenders that often, mm-hmm. but you know being Farley Elliott and someone who knows about like all the oh, restaurants that's in that's who you are. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what what would you say if you had to pick just a couple? You don't need to pick your favorite, sure. but like what are some places that let's say places that are your favorite, and then maybe are some places that people may not realize is a spot for tenders. Ooh. Gosh, that would that would be a challenge for me. I mean, I, I think the first things that I would think of are what we were talking about a little yeah. before pod and on pod, but like places like Norm's, places mm-hmm. like House of Pies that just are like classic deli favorites. Mm-hmm. Like I was saying, a, an important part for me of growing up eating chicken tenders is the honey mustard sauce. Yeah, uh, they. I used to live for a time in Pennsylvania, and there's a gas station chain called Sheets. Um, oh, we just talked about Sheets last literally week. last yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucking grew. Up. I lived in Pittsburgh uh, around Pittsburgh from ten to fifteen. Okay, and uh, man, Sheets was a big part of my dining life then have you been to wawa i have not because i I was never in in eastern pennsylvania so i'm from philly right wawa is our mecca yeah I like Sheets better. Yeah, that's I, what he was yeah. saying last week. So. I, I can't compare, but like, man, I got love all day for Sheets. Mm-hmm. And they would do a uh, a roasted chicken honey mustard sub that you could get there. And mm-hmm. I would sub in chicken tenders instead oh. as like a chubby little boy. And, <laughs> uh, and man, that like, I'll, I'll think about that flavor probably for the rest of my life. It's just one of those types of meals where I could like warg myself back into it. And that's certainly it, you know? A quick, um, quick offshoot yes. question: What's your, what's that? What's the honey mustard of LA then? What's the? I don't, I don't. I mean, like that, that's so hard to like say. Like, how often are you yeah. going to a restaurant and and getting the tenders? <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Right, like and, you're and you're gonna get something a little more. Yeah, and and it's not about 
It's not about being some like frou frou shishi guy who only eats at like fancy sure. restaurants. Um, although I am wearing a monocle right now, <laughs> uh, it's purely happening. I was gonna ask about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It a, it's a racquetball. I was I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I was racquetballing with a billionaire. You guys would never <laughs> understand. Anyways, um, yeah, f- for me, like it, it's a funny position to be in at Eater. Like we we go out of our way to break news, to know stuff first, and to cover as much of the city as possible. And so in that sense, I have to be kind of a generalist. Yeah. Um, people ask me every day, like, oh, what's your favorite restaurant? And I honestly say that I just don't think of restaurants in those terms. Okay. Um, just because my job is to be in an experience restaurants at every level all the time, no matter what they're doing. I think there's like some stuff that's like good, and I'd probably be. Uh, a better person to talk to about like tacos of a certain variety or something yeah. like that. But the truth is like, even that I'm not on top of everything all the time. It's mm-hmm. more just about like trying to be a, a promoter in a sense of restaurants and then also just like covering it as a straight up journalist. Yeah. 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 But this, you guys graciously offering to have me on your podcast has made me rethink my stance on how little I am eating chicken tenders. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and I, I think it's something I should start to rectify in a real way. I was just, my boss orders from uh, Jones on 3rd every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just saw they have, like, not a chicken tender, but a chicken milanese. Milanese. Okay. And So I might try that soon. I think you'd like it. Probably. I was like, all this time, they always get Jones. And like, do you want anything? And I'm like, I'm not going to eat a sandwich. And then they have that beautiful chicken. It looked great online. That's all I wanted to bring that up for. I want to ask where are you guys on... What does it take to make a truly bad fried chicken experience for you? I mean, we've had tough chicken. Yeah, just we've rubbery, had dry, burnt flavor, but no burn. Right. Um, we've had bad. You know, I, I think my my big no nos are wet and watery, not mm-hmm. not juicy, which is obviously uh, there's a distinction there. Yeah, and uh, like gristly, filled with like uh, sinew and uh, uh, like. Clear, like cartilage, cartilage and clear and stuff, yeah. like within the bread. It's like yeah. 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 So that's that's what it does it for me. And yeah, is, is that usually fast food level for you or not always? It literally, it's all over it's the all place. Over, yeah. we, I mean, we've had places that look like they they just run like the tightest ship in their kitchen, and right. their tenders have had. Mm-hmm. We've had like two out of the three of them be all like cartilagey and stuff, yeah. which is insane. Right. And then you go to a, you know, I'm not saying that this is what happened, but you go to a Carl's Jr. and you have five out of five perfect tenders, right? Right. It's a Carl's Jr. Yeah. And we try to, obviously a lot of these places we've been to before. Mm -hmm. um, So we try to base it on the experience we had there. Yeah. Yeah. Even if we know these nuggets are really good and this is just a fucked up batch. Right. We focus it on that to be fair. That's important. That's an objective thing. I I, I do want to offer one more generalized mustard recommendation for Mm. the city of LA if I can. Not honey mustard specifically, but... I got a lot of love for the horseradish mustard at Philippe's in downtown. Oh, yeah. I've, yeah, that's great. It is like, and they bottle it. Oh, it's, they bottle that? Yeah. Ooh, it's, I didn't you know can that. get it up at that little counter in the front. It is like just the right amount of like real deal kick you in the face horseradish yeah. plus like a drippy ass sandwich. Man, it's so good. Are you Philippe's over Kohl's? Yes, all day. Okay. I ate at Philippe's two days ago. Damn, really? I, I've <laughs> yeah. never been to Kohl's. Yeah, I mean, but Kohl's, I, I loved Philippe's. Kohl's is a more fully realized dining experience, especially you can add in cocktails and they've got the varnish in the back. And yeah. It's like a little more of a vibe and scene and fun. But sure. like for pure nostalgia, Philippe's is not only pretty indisputably the actual creator of the French dip, it's also just like a cooler place to hang out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So back to the, we went on a really long tangent there, back to the H Wood group. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when we went to Delilah, I don't think uh, we could say his name. Adam is is uh, one of the managers of the group. 
Um, and uh, I don't think he particularly cared for our review. Yeah, well, it's not, undis- not we're not in a sure. negative way. We don't know. But, you know, he was clearly uh, upset that we didn't give it as rave a review as uh, he would have probably liked. I so, will, yeah, I will say I think he thought that they were going to kill it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. l- let, me, let me ask you this logistically. Like, you guys were there, you're eating the food, they somehow have a sense that you're going to talk about this food, and then they ask you your honest opinion and you give it to them in real time? Or when was it that they decided that they had heard your quote-unquote review and that it wasn't good? So yeah. they a lot listen of the, to the podcast? A lot of the time when we go to places, it'll be weird because we'll be like, uh, six orders of chicken dinners, please. Right. And it's not even that easy. It's like they go in a circle to take an order, and it's, yeah, I will yeah, have yeah, the chicken yeah. tenders. That's true. I will also have the chicken tenders. <laughs> right. I will also. It, it's just, the more people that are there, right. the crazier so it looks. When you, we, you guys did also, uh, you drove up on a single small motorcycle standing on each other's shoulders, <laughs> yeah, flying yeah. Melinda style, <laughs> yeah. with chicken tender outfits on. So <laughs> it, in that sense, it's a little hard to make. I'm still wearing my tender onesie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm going to do it. <laughs> so yeah. in this instance, uh, the guest we were with, who had been on before, Alex, uh, she said she He's said, the best. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call him after this just to make sure I've got the same person. <laughs> she was like, um, just casually to the waiter, she's like, oh, we do a chicken tender podcast. <laughs> so that's, I think, why Adam was most obsessed because for some reason, Delilah is known for their chicken tenders. Right. Which we, that's why we were very excited about it because Alex brought it to our attention. She was like, "There's this really fancy place. They're known for chicken tenders, Drake's favorite spot, whatever." So when he said, "Oh, you're here for the tenders," uh, that's when we were excited about it. But when she, when we ordered, um, he, that's when she said, "We're doing a podcast." Oh, okay, okay, okay. So that's when he triggered the manager because he heard the word podcast, and I assume he thought we had a billion followers, <laughs> and um, went to them, and that's when they kind of got all in our face about it but after the review of delilah that's when adam started hitting us up about 40 love yeah yeah he like uh, he pretty with, much instantly sent us a picture right. of their tenders i still i still have my question though so uh, was it in the restaurant after having consumed them that they asked you what you thought and you gave an honest assessment no, or no, did no, you no, no, no. you did it, the podcast and then they found it listened to it and then came back and were like we th- we're mad that you gave it a bad review so it was kind of like tonight when the guy came out to us afterwards sure. to ask for our verdict it was kind of like that, and we were like polite about it, and like didn't yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. I let them speak more than me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, I forgot you got cursed by a witch, and you're incapable of lying. <laughs> yeah, I did. I do <laughs> remember that now. <laughs> um, so I, well, I just didn't want to lie and then have him hear my real opinion. On That's the true. I mean, how awkward so, would that be to be like they're great, and then two days later be like they're terrible? Yeah, I mean, listen, my my rule is in person. If you ask me once, I'll tell you it was good, and if you ask me twice, it means you really want my opinion, and I'll absolutely tell you the truth. Yeah, yeah I like that. But I, I agree. The first time is usually just a social formality sure yeah so i don't know if he listened to the episode mm-hmm. but after the episode aired is when he started pushing 40 love got it so they had some intern just like fire up the episode <laughs> and yeah right yeah. like a four-page synopsis <laughs> on yeah, it. Right, yeah we need coverage on this tender friends <laughs> episode yeah, yeah, yeah. so when adam sent us the picture of 40 loves tenders we were like oh yeah we're in these look great yeah um so that's why we went tonight got it so and I- we figured we'd blow their mind by bringing in a real food expert right so that they know it's not just us being dickheads i'm i'm cover <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. essentially yeah, 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 yeah exactly yeah. i'm out on the front lines <laughs> it's not, it's not just us cover. uh well i i will say it's an interesting choice that you guys have in, in doing h would because the 
founder, one of the co-founders, John Terzian, is like on the record, his favorite food is chicken tenders. No way. Which really? Is, which is why chicken tenders are so prevalent at their restaurants. Right. I was wondering why yes. that was it. Yes. That's, okay. We could appreciate that. He, he is like straight up a chicken tender loving dude. I wonder if there's another place that we can get him to come on and take us. Yeah, I mean, I want to know. Because like, well, that's another thing. Is like, how they suck. <laughs> well, I don't, <laughs> I don't want him to, I don't want to go to his tender place. I want to, I want to know what he likes. Right. You what's know what what's I mean? his favorite tender yeah. place? Right. Yeah. yeah. You can't pick your own. He's right, like, Alan Ray's. Like, yeah. Fuck. All right, Damn it. I guess I'll have to go again. <laughs> All right, Dave's hot chicken. No. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Honestly, though, we are kind of getting there when we ask people like, "You want to come on?" Yeah, I do. Where do you want to go? You've been to Dave's? Yes, we've been to Dave's. Right. You've been right. to it? Yeah, yeah, we've been mm-hmm. there. You know, seventy-eight places. Yeah, it's a lot. So let's dive into Forty Love then. Yeah. Sure. Um, this was the longest intro we've ever had into into the actual place. Uh, one I, time, I have a way of doing that. Oh, no, it's totally meandering. fine. One time we were like 55 well, minutes in and nah. we started talking. Oh, really? Yeah. The KFC one? Ones. Yeah, it was like a really, yeah, yeah, really yeah. long one. But, it, well, so I think H-Wood deserves, it, knowing that the head of H-Wood, his favorite food is chicken tenders, mm-hmm. I think they deserve a point. Sure. Yes. So, okay. That's definitely a point. That. If the owner of the organization has a, an, a strong appreciation as we do, then yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I would also, in in... In a sense of fairness, I think this is probably one of the few restaurant groups that you guys have interacted with that legitimately cares about whether or not you like their chicken tenders. Sure. Like a dude you barely have met once or don't know at all went out of his way to be like, have chicken tenders at my other restaurant. Yeah. Like, there's something about that that means that they take their restaurant side of their job very mm-hmm. seriously. Yeah, yeah. And I would say that's worth a point. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate that. Absolutely. There is a. They're filming um, Zero Dark Thirty too. <laughs> outside, yes. outside of your yeah, partner right now. So it, if you hear those helicopters, uh, we're gonna stop stopping to edit them out. We're just gonna let them ride. So I didn't. That. I didn't even notice them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <really>? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, should we set up what Forty Love is just a little bit really quickly sure, for yeah. people sure. who may not know? Yeah. So within the Hwood Group, obviously, as we said, they've got a lot of clubby places. This is basically just an elevated kind of sports bar. Mm-hmm. TVs everywhere. Um, they've gone down market with a lot of food, a lot of their food, not necessarily in quality, but definitely in price point. And it's meant to be a little bit more of a more casual kind of neighborhood hangout place mm-hmm. as opposed to a late night scene. Yeah. It's right on the edge of Beverly Hills and West Hollywood, mm-hmm. so it, it is more upscale. Um, but the tenders, I mean, off the bat, much more affordable. Yeah, it was a twelve dollars, twelve dollars, twelve bucks each for six or seven. Yeah, I would say they're on the six. From my estimation, they're on the smaller side sure. for tenders. Yeah, definitely. Um, yep. they, they do show a certain amount of quality just by the way they're prepared. You can mm-hmm. tell that they're like done by hand and yeah. like yeah. made to order. Um, but certainly not like big, flat, wide. Massive amounts of chicken. Yeah, you yeah. Might get somewhere else. yeah. So no size point, and I can't really give it a price point. For I 12? mean, the price is better than. Well, no. no what no, do we no, think no, about no. price? I point? wouldn't give it a price point. A price point means that we were um, impressed by the by the price for right. for what we got. Oh, and is that I, what it means? I've been giving it for something else. Well, did you? Well, were you <laughs> want to give it a point then? I was open up for debate. I I don't think that they deserve it. I'm not impressed by the price. I think the price is fine. So, I don't have a problem with the price. Right. And and being neutral on something is not giving it a point. Right. Okay. I, I guess in Fair. that sense, I do have to agree. Although it does make me wonder. I'm a person who brusques up against this a lot more than the average diner. I think of like, what is anything worth? Like, if, okay. it's, the, if it's the best chicken tender you could possibly have, what's the dollar amount you'd be willing to pay for that sort yeah. of thing? So in that sense, like, I always find the conversations about what something is priced at to be a little problematic. Yeah. But I do hear you in the sense that like, 
if you know you can get a five out of five at a Carl's Jr. sometime and it's four ninety nine for a six pack, and you know the ones at Delilah are twenty four bucks, and this is right in the middle, then I guess I would skew to your side that it is not worth a point simply because it does not stand out in any way. Right. Sure. And no. I, yeah, I think, but but when it comes to quantity, right? Would we give mm-hmm. them a point for giving us six or seven? And I want to say yes, only because Delilah only gave us four. Mm-hmm. Were they roughly the same size? Roughly. Mm-hmm. They maybe were a slightly bigger. Yeah, these were a little more inconsistent in size, but that just tells me that they're fresh and right. hand- handmade. And we right. had a plate. Like, like it, there's something to be said when you get a plate put down in front of you and there are four tenders in a line rather than a plate put down in front of you and you've got a pile of tenders. Yeah, and it's garnished and there's a couple of sides. Yeah, like, yeah. Or a couple of sauces, I should say. I yeah. mean, I, in that sense, I feel like they're going out of their way to provide you with a better experience. Yeah. Right. They're not making it... Like, in a sense, all restaurants are a scam. We know how to cook at home. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're, they're going out of their way to not make it so obvious. <laughs> right, like, yeah, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. There's sure. something nice about that. So I think maybe let's split the difference. We can't give it a uh, size point mm-hmm. or a price point. And the quantity point, we're kind of on the fence with. So let's give one point to kind of encompass... Yeah, like that. Quanti- yeah, yeah. A third, quantity. a third, a third. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I can appreciate that. And then That's I guess... A third, a third, a third. This is where I don't really know if I should give multiple points for it on appearance. Mm-hmm. Now, the plate, like you said, mm-hmm. uh, garnished, like which I don't think Delilah had any special type of uh, uh, like display. Let me look. I don't remember, but they, like they here, they like put it down, and it looked like it, the the tenders were plated very elegantly, right? right. Which I like, and yeah. also the color. Delilahs were garnished as well. They were. Got it. Oh, they just do not look as appetizing on the plate as Forty Loves does. I, yeah. I agree. Also the lighting. Also the lighting. No, That's but true. but th- there is a to your point. Four tenders sitting there on that plate just does not look as appetizing as six smaller. Maybe it's mm-hmm. an even weight proportion ultimately mm-hmm. of chicken tenders as the version that we got tonight. I think it was a better appreciation of the tender on the plate tonight. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think I, I would give it a like a presentation point. I don't want to give it a presentation point because. Nothing they did tonight was that's true. impressive yeah, that's true. That's to true. what we've had before. Yeah, they didn't yeah, do yeah. anything different. Fair. I will give it a color point. Yeah, they were beautiful. I think they were cooked to a great color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, I would give it a breading point because the breading tastes amazing. And this is somewhere where I feel like we should pause to dive in a Absolutely. little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I obviously did not go with you to Delilah. I was busy texting another person named Alex, apparently, who was also busy that <laughs> night. So very confusing. Uh, but they use, uh, I was told, rice flour, mm-hmm. although the general manager tonight said that it was almond flour. Yeah, I would still tend to believe that it is rice flour and really? the GM is wrong. Okay. Um, wow. For two reasons. Bold claims. <laughs> um one, I feel like I would have, if you had blindfolded me before I even heard that information, I would have guessed that it was rice flour, especially mm-hmm. instead of a traditional flour. Um, and two, uh, this is the douchiest thing I could say. The person <laughs> that I was talking to about chicken tenders who works within the Hwood company is like several levels above that guy's job. Yeah, yeah, I would more believe his ability to get it right than like the floor manager who just misspoke. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's all. Now, why Please w- do not fire Ryan at 40. Like, it was very <laughs> nice. It's very nice. That's, I, we should say this. Sorry, before we dive further into the breading, um, they did, in all fairness, uh, eventually figure out who we all were. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also... I was with the tenderonis. And they, <laughs> knew, <laughs> they knew what was up. Clearly, they knew it was us. Yeah. Um, uh, and then they also did comp our tenders at the end. Yeah, which was really nice. Which we did not ask for. We did not ask and, for. And tipped appropriately as a result. Yes. Um, but we should know 
we want to in all you know in openness and and transparency Mm -hmm. these tenors were free yeah and they knew who we were but that's not reflective in our review here most definitely (laughs) i appreciate you guys for staying on the level um back to the breading why would you have guessed that it was rice flour so I, i think with more traditional flours you tend to get that um Deeper, slightly thicker, definitely craggier crust. Yeah. Um, sometimes you'll you can see like a like cornmeal crust sometimes, which has like a little bit of a flakier texture. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't often see it in chicken tenders, but like I think there's a the, I I bet that you could like I said blindfold me and I would be able to give at least a modicum of differentiation in my mind between different like flour types when used for breading. And rice flour is way more common as like a Japanese style preparation. Sure. So if you're getting like karage, like fra- fried Japanese chicken, it definitely has it tends to have more of that style of breading like we saw at 40 Love. Yeah, it's not quite as crispy. Right. It's a little softer. Yeah, but it and- still holds its it's it's crisp. It certainly does not have that like um, shatter that we sort of associate with like southern style yeah. fried chicken, especially yeah, yeah, yeah. buttermilk. Um, th- this has an it held up really well, but it does not. It is not as as robust. Sure, I would say. Okay, yeah, that's fair. I think I think I want to give it a point because I think these are the first, gl- to our knowledge, gluten free tenders that we've had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? I don't. I don't know. Uh, to our knowledge, I guess we can we can say that, but. I've had some gluten-free things in my life, and uh, they were never this good. So. Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Definitely. You you sounded just there like if I pressed you to name three non-gluten-free <laughs> things, you'd be like a uh, waterfall, a dog, <laughs> <laughs> bananas. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You're, you're right, really sure. trying Banana. to impress. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> you know. I've had a good amount. <laughs> I think that the I don't want to give it. A crunch point. I, so, I would not give it a crunch point. No, I wouldn't either. So these are buttermilk tenders, we right. should also say. Yes. And they brine them, yep. which is interesting. Yeah. Um, but the breading for me, first of all, these came out hot and fresh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got to give them a hot and fresh point. Sure. And I, I would say w- as a sub-conversation point within the hot and fresh, we... I had ordered an original batch before you guys got there, before they knew the tender owners were in the building. And so I think once they figured out what was happening, they just circled around and gave us a second batch of no, chicken No, no, no. We asked I for a second Oh, you asked day. for a second yeah, yeah, yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm dumb. We're tender no, boys. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, yeah I guess. So in, in my, this is, yeah, that's so funny. Because in my line of work, like if I'm sharing food, I usually only get one version of that mm-hmm. thing to share with people because mm-hmm. there's a lot of other stuff we're going to try. And especially because like the amount of eating I could do in my job is endless. And so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so just being like, let's all get the spaghetti and meatballs doesn't make a ton of sense. I'll just be in a casket in a year. Sure. Um, but you guys have a very different job. And I'll say you take it very seriously. So, <laughs> get, so getting two plates, I guess, does make sense. But my overall point is I was happy to see the second plate come around to get to reintroduce myself to what they're like fresh out of yeah, the yeah, fryer. Yeah, yeah. For sure. And and I do feel like they they held up well in that regard. Yeah. yeah. And that's the um we for me, I was just hungry. That's yeah, what yeah. we got to. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Right. No, no. I mean I saw like that there was six or seven tenders on the first plate, and I just thought like I could probably eat seven on my own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> it's like, yeah. They're very easy to eat. Another one. Um, so, yeah, so they're very hot and fresh. But to that point, back to the breading, uh, the, the breading was falling off because it was so hot. Right, right. Um, which, you know, that's just, what are you going to do? I wonder if that, I mean, they're they're brined, and that locks in that juice. Right. So do you, I, the, that could, the part of that could be that the rice flour isn't as crispy. You know, it doesn't stick to the chicken as mm-hmm. well, combined with like the fact that the chicken was so juicy. 
Right. It's also, I would assume, got to be probably a, a single dredge preparation because yeah, it doesn't have like a it. super thick, craggy mm-hmm. exterior. So yeah. in that sense, like two things at play. One, with a slightly different kitchen technique, they may bind better. I didn't have a ton of slippage on mine, although there were some. Mm-hmm. And two, it could just be, I don't want to say user error, but I wonder if you had let them sit, if we had all let them sit for yeah, another yeah, yeah. 90 seconds. Yeah. They're still hot enough when you bite into them, but the steam has had a chance to continue to release from the yeah, chicken, most so definitely. it's not pulling it off. I agree. That's the, If you just let them sit, usually the right, breading will right. stick. Yeah. yeah, But I don't mind. Usually, and this is a weird thing to think about, breading that falls off for me, are usually tenders I like. I don't yeah. know what the connection oh, is there. Interesting. But for some reason, I always like those kinds of tenders. You love not yeah. because of that. Yeah. It just happens to be that way. I feel like you got to go into therapy and work that out. <laughs> Whatever it is. <laughs> Why are you here? Oh my God, my teacher. Well, it started <laughs> when I was a baby. <laughs> um, that's funny. Um, yeah. So, um, I mean, juicy point. Juicy point because these were juicy boys, and then also, you know, quality chicken. Quality chicken. So yes, we'll give that the quality point. And they're handmade. Yeah, Not I think that's part that, of the. That's, yeah, that's part of the quality. the quality and the freshness. You can taste the love in these tenders. <gasps> forty times. <gasps> 40 oh my god! That's forty love. Um, we're gonna be so freaked out when we go back and listen to this and we realize we said the word love only forty times. <laughs> <in this whole laughs> Spooky. Um, let me let me ask you this, and you might have answered this question on a previous episode. Um. Have you guys in your mind solidified like a platonic ideal of a chicken tender? Like either from a childhood or what you found more recently in life? It's interesting. Yeah. We have different favorites Mm -hmm. um, and we kind of classify them as like that childhood memory. It's like these are uh, tenders you get at the the pool Mm -hmm. in the summer. Yeah. You know, that kind of place or a diner tender or something like that. I'm partial to a diner tender. Yeah. So House of Pies, Norm's is like one of my all-time favorites. Can you describe it for me? Um, white meat that is like uh, I don't I don't like a thick tender. Mm-hmm. I like thin tenders, more like flat kind of maybe like a little wider almost. Y- yeah. Okay. Um, Cantor's is a good example as well. Mm-hmm. An East Coast tender. Yeah. yeah. Where there's not a lot of uh, pomp and all that kind of stuff. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. Um, not like one of these Beverly Hills tenders. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need like mountainous crumbles of breading. Just like mm-hmm. a nice, mm-hmm. uh, consistent breading uh, is, is all I ask for. Got it. So and like a pizza shop kind of Yeah, tender. pizza shop yeah, tender yeah. for me, yeah. it's exactly what you're talking mm-hmm. about. And then I'm more of like a craft, like, um, <laughs> like a gastropub. <laughs> okay. like I like the southern fried chicken. You know what I mean? Right. Not like, like I want it to be a little bit, I guess it's a little more upscale. Yeah, yeah. I, would say, I think that the ones that I tend to enjoy are higher quality. Yeah, uh, the, you the really meat, like, like Dave's. You I really love like, Dave's. Yeah. I love the hand breaded tender. I love yeah, just if it's if it's got that southern like like pickle brine, real crispy like tor- mm-hmm. not you like the flatter I hate pickle brine. You like the the more Africa shaped tenders. Yeah, exactly. Where I like the more like torpedoy round, got super it. crispy like right. all around. Right. Interesting. Double dredge flour style. Yeah. And yeah. have you guys done boneless wings? Uh, that was a point of contention at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, because where does it end? Right. Exactly. Exactly. That was my point. But right. I think we we well, how do we solve that? We focus on tenders. Um, we don't typically go to places that just have boneless wings. Got it. Unless it's a place that a guest really wants to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if we go to a place with tenders, usually we'll get the boneless wings as well. Yeah. Got it. I think there is. There's like a, you know where does it end? So we just do nuggets, tenders, boneless wings. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean you're right. It is just a nugget. My yeah. problem is that they're being marketed as not a nugget or a tender. Right. So, so he he pushed back for a little bit. 
we let the audience uh, yeah, decide. We let, yeah, and then and I lost. Chose. But, but I, I think that in, in something as specific as this, everything matters, and that yeah. does include shape. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times with a boneless wing, you're getting either a spice mix put into the blend, mm-hmm. or you are getting a um, sauce of some kind that it comes naturally to the thing, which right. is not the truth of like most chicken tender places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I agree that like in a way it does all matter. And I'm yeah. with you. I think that like the pizza shop style East Coast version of a traditional chicken tender mm-hmm. is my platonic ideal. Yeah. Yeah. If we do get boneless wings though, we do get them plain in the sauce yeah, on the yeah. side. Right. So that way we can sauce. take the, you know. Um, <laughs> Hang but, on. So <laughs> we never toss and sauce? We never toss and sauce. Do you guys have shirts yet or you're just making this <laughs> up as you go? Because that's incredible. <laughs> we're, we're looking to hire a marketing director. Yeah, yeah well, hit um, us up. Speaking of uh, dredging and sauce, let's head up to uh, Sauce Corner. Um, they graciously gave us two sauces, and I didn't look at a menu, so I don't know if they had specific. It, it, it says names. it comes with. Uh, it does. Ranch and okay, barbecue. so it came with a ranch and a barbecue. Was it like a like a modified barbecue, like a spicy barbecue or anything? Good question. I'd imagine they're both homemade, though, right? Oh, for sure. Well, I would imagine. I would imagine they're both either homemade or of like. Um, yeah, it, sorry, it just says homemade ranch and barbecue sauce. Yeah, okay, on the menu. exactly. Uh, I'm I'm a guy who skews a little sweeter in my barbecue sauce. Okay. Um, sometimes Same. yeah, sometimes a little smokier if I'm like especially digging into like a rib. Mm-hmm. But this but a sweet baby Ray's classic is like my home base when yeah. it comes to a barbecue sauce. And this was good, but I, I would prefer a little more pop in that barbecue sure, sauce. Sure, yeah, so especially on plain. the sweeter side. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the ranch? So. Ranch for me is like when people make their own ketchup at a restaurant. I'm just like, guys, we already did it. Hidden, yeah, yeah, Hidden yeah. Valley already did it. We yeah. don't need anything else. There's something about the the viscous consistency of a Hidden Valley ranch that is just it's thick enough that it clings to everything. Like it's almost like a melted cheese or like the nacho cheese you mm-hmm. can get. Where yeah, like yeah. there's just a, a gloopy droopiness to it that like I think is so satisfying from a ranch. This one was not bad, but a little thinner than I would have liked. It's funny you say that because yeah. I hate <laughs> thick ranch. Really, I am, I am thin. I want the ranch to be like a cup of water. Ugh, I love it. Can't Cantor's. Cantor's Ranch is the thinnest, <laughs> most perfect ranch. Oh, it's perfect. You running a half marathon, someone hands yeah. you a cup of ranch, you throw it <laughs> on your right, face. Yeah. Yeah. If, that, if that's Ooh. thick, then it's coming back up. No, I'm, I'm Thick Boy Ranch all the way. Wow. And I hope when I die, I go to Thick Boy Ranch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, we shouldn't make that. That should be a place. I uh, Where like fat people come to ride horses. <laughs> thick Boy Ranch. <laughs> These horses are, kill me! <laughs> what have I done? We lose horses, but the guys have a great time. Yeah, that's all that matters. They're Most no of it is, the bills. it's horse overhead is really what you're paying for. <laughs> Our glue factory is doing great, though. <laughs> um, would you give the, the sauces any points? Um, it sucks if we don't. I mean, I'm not pressuring you to. Sure. Because uh, I don't have a dog S- in this fight. So, but Go ahead. Uh... It's homemade, so it's weird that, you know. That I, I think two different options on any one plate and being homemade is, I would say, still worth a point. Yeah, overall. sauce point. Just one overall sauce point. I don't have like a, you know, we have had, you know, where I'm not going to give an overall sauce point, but like they, we had three sauces and two of them are excellent, so I'm going to give them a point for each. You know what I mean? I don't have right. individual sauce points to give, but I think that they were homemade. They gave us, they automatically give you two. Mm-hmm. You do not see that often enough. Yeah, true. That that's is true. nice. And I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, that's that's the... Two, th- two things interesting that you just said. Mm-hmm. Um, I said way more interesting things. Than two. <laughs> Sorry, I'm only counting two. If of you them. guys hear the door closing, that's me leaving. <laughs> homemade ketchup. Mm-hmm. 
you see places that do that? Because yeah. I only do ketchup. I had barbecue sauce. This is the second thing for the first time on the show recently. Yeah. What? Last, He's not a sauce the last boy. Year. He only eats ketchup. I wow. only do ketchup. I've never had ranch. I've never had honey mustard. This nine-year-old um, thing is real. I know. It's wow. so. It's the more you dive in, the yeah. We there's <laughs> so quicker much you're more gonna want to leave. Yeah, there's so much more to talk about. But homemade ketchup. I'm interested. What what is like? What do you? What is that? So uh, I just think you go to a place like the Oinkster, um, mm-hmm. where they they make their own ketchup in some other sort of fancy restaurants around town. Or, Golden or like State, the, right? Yeah, Golden right State makes their own ketchup. And I just believe that like some things carry so few ingredients, coupled with uh, such a strong sense memory mm-hmm. that these other companies or these house-made institutions like restaurants that are trying to make their own have such an uphill battle to fight. Like, yeah. what can you really do to ketchup to make it so massively different? Like, people do banana ketchup and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a Filipino thing. Yeah, that's very Filipino thing. But from my perspective, I'm just like, I don't, I just don't need that in my life. Sure, sure. Yeah. I understand that, that for them it's culturally relevant, but for me it holds no water. Like, yeah, I, just, yeah. I don't need it in my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or uh, A spicy ketchup. Yeah, a spicy ketchup. I, I just don't need any yeah. of that. What about curry ketchup? I don't need it. It got me. I, you think curry ketchup curry was ketchup your in? Got me. Yeah, you go. You went to London once, folks. Yeah, you got excited. <laughs> but no, I mean, I don't know. It, they're just. It, there's too. I'm 100 with you. Too much fight in what I know ketchup to be in my mind. Yeah. That I have not yet found a substitute or a homemade version that does any better than what I'm already thinking Heinz will do. Okay. Now is that because you're from? You lived in Pittsburgh for a time. Uh, it's because I uh, briefly went on a date with a young <laughs> Ellen Hines <laughs> in middle school. Uh, no, I, I just think it's 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 what ketchup should be. Sure. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I, I used to I used to think about like. Uh, like French fry innovation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd be like, I, I know so many vegetarians who like just French fries is essentially a, a food group for them. Yeah. Because they can get it at any restaurant and they can eat with their friends or whatever. And I was like, why have we not innovated more in the French fry world? Like mm-hmm. vegetarians should be all over this for their own sake. We should have French fries yeah. of any regard. And then I just was like, well, there are tater tots. I guess there's curly fries. Mm-hmm. Like at a certain point, it's just a potato and it's going to be what it's going to be. Yeah. So like We've reached the, if we've reached close to the limit on innovation and we aren't going out of our way to make it appreciably better than what we can already get at other places, then like why bother? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, even at like a Burgers Never Say Die, which just opened recently in Silver Lake, their fries. That's Dave's, right? Uh, they're all friends. Oh, I'm dying to go there. Uh, it's good. It's it's definitely a great smash burger technique. Nothing that you couldn't do at home, but just like done consistently and really well. Yeah, yeah. Their fries have a slightly different beef fat tallow quotient than the traditional McDonald's fries. But what they've done is because as McDonald's has scaled back from a corporate perspective in lieu of higher profits, they basically went back to the drawing board and said, if we were McDonald's 1.0, what were the fries we would make? And so when you eat the, the fries from Burgers Never Say Die, in a way, at least for me, they are as a sense memory exactly what I remember McDonald's being. Like, they've okay. gone back to the memory. Yeah. Whereas McDonald's has slowly skewed away from it. Interesting. So that's, like, the only place where I think you could really find, quote-unquote, innovation, and it's really just, like, retreading the same steps. Like, them trying to do some other crazy fry that has, like, insane types of, like, salt or some other spice on it, I'm not interested in. Yeah. I just want to get back to the ground zero of what I believe fries to be. Yeah, yeah. Have you been to Potato Corner? I have not been to Potato Corner. Have you heard of it? No. It's like a kiosk in a mall, so it's not like a restaurant. Okay. I think the closest one is Culver City, Westfield. Okay. Yeah. But they, their thing is just French fries, and they also have chicken tenders. Oh, okay. So it's like, basically, they made a kiosk for me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's true. That's but it. They it was do, like our third or fourth episode. They do curly fries, regular fries, tater tots, and potato chips, mm-hmm. like fresh potatoes. Yeah. Uh, but they season them all. You can get sour cream seasoning. You can get cheddar. You can okay. get... 
uh, ranch. You can get barbecue. Like they season these fries for you. See now this um, I like. Yeah, like a garlic thing, and, and that's their innovation. Right, is they make it for you right in the mall. It's like a kiosk with a little drop fryer. Yeah, and um, then you just pick the seasoning, and you get a big bucket. You walk around the mall, be fat. Right, and it's less it's <laughs> less about the fry and more about like the seasoning you exactly. can put on it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's interesting. I I, I should go check them out. Yeah, yeah. it's like a, all the fries and all the seasoning. So I, it's pretty cool. I yeah. Hate tater tots. I hate garlic seasoning. You got garlic tots. Mm-hmm. They were amazing. They were great. Do you like hash browns? Not. Let's put it this way. I don't hate them. Sure. I wouldn't pick either. And in your mind, is it something about the marriage of soft, salty potato with a crispy edge that does not appeal to you? No, I always feel that um, tots and hash browns are oily. Got just it. more oily. Yeah. And I prefer them yeah. just a, a French fry. And you can Got really it. fuck up a tot. Yes. Yeah, you can really yeah, fuck yeah, up yeah. a tot. The basement for a tot is pretty, pretty low. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, while we're on the uh, fry conversation, let's talk about a couple of things that we got at Forty Love that mm-hmm. weren't tenders. Yeah. So we got curly fries. Yeah. Uh, you got a chicken parm sandwich, yep. Farley. Yep. Yeah. And Michael had some as well. Yeah. And then they graciously, this was a funny interaction. So the guy, the waiter who is different from the manager, comes up to, up to us with this bowl of sweet potato fries. He's like, "Did you guys order this?" And we're like, "Oh no, we didn't order that." So he leaves, goes to the manager. The manager definitely yelled at him. Yeah. <laughs> like, he definitely like got a little reprimanding there. And then the manager came back with the sweet potato fries and like, these are new on the menu. Would really like if you tried them. Right. Um, and they were uh, sweet potato, honey, and truffle fries. Yep. Honey, truffle, sweet potato fries. Um, so let's talk about those three things that we got. I like the sweet potato, honey, truffle ones, but like you said while we were eating, not something I can just crush. Yeah. And, and, it's it's less a logistics thing. I don't mind getting my hands sticky with a bunch of honey, but it's it's more of like a lot of things going on all at once. Mm-hmm. And it ultimately, honey can be such a non-neutral flavor that it's the most primary thing, especially with something that is slightly more neutral, like a sweet potato. Mm-hmm. But to your point from before, like uh, the the black truffle, oddly, which is meant to be the luxury ingredient and is yeah. pitched as such, becomes the the lowest note on the register. Yeah. yeah, you're not getting a ton of like truffliness. Like I, I would rather see that either taken out altogether or used in a different way because mm-hmm. it just it didn't make any sense and it wouldn't have been worth the price point. Yeah, I like them much more. I, li- I like a sweet potato fry, and mm-hmm. I, I'm partial to truffles once in a while on my fries, uh, but I like them so much more than the curly fries. There was something, yeah. there was a taste in the curly fries that was so off-putting, it was like so close to ruining my meal. You said it was the oil, but I don't think it was the oil. I think That's it's the I mean. seasoning on the fry. Because I tried the tenders and then the sweet potato ones, and I was like, they don't have the same, obviously they're in the same oil, I would right, say. Right, right. It was, I don't, but I don't, the, the, the curly fries looked so normal and regular that I was like, this is not a flavor. Yeah, I would, it's, it's not, it wasn't freezer burn. It yeah. wasn't like they'd been sitting around and got that sort of like frosty, like stale edge to them. We did talk at the restaurant about like wishing there was a little more just overall seasoning. Yeah. yeah. More traditional curly fry seasoning. Yeah. Um, like paprika or whatever you wanted to, mm-hmm. cumin or whatever you wanted to put on it. But like, yeah, I, I agree with you. They were, not only were the curly fries unspectacular, there was some little sort of just out of the way flavor that we couldn't place that yeah. was ultimately like a little bit of a bummer. So in, in that sense, for me, like neither of the fries really hit. I'm yeah, either getting like same. too much of one thing or not enough of the thing I wanted to get with the mm-hmm. other. Yeah. What about that chicken parm sandwich though? The chicken parm sandwich was good. I think that... Boy, the best chicken parms I think you can have at restaurants are places that really focus on Italian American food sure. and and make it a point to do that thing really really well. Yeah, there is a sort of um, East Coast pizza chicken parm sandwich kind of mm-hmm. vibe that I think like I is really appealing to me. But you'll also 
you know, you'll find a good version of like chicken parm that can be put into a sandwich at like a John and Vinny's or something mm-hmm. like fancy or two. Yeah. For me, 40 Love, the bread was where it kind of fell apart. It's okay. not that it's not crusty enough. It was more like French loaf, mm-hmm. like softer, which I don't have a problem with, but it just makes the whole thing kind of soft, especially if they're using rice flour for that chicken as well, which I assume they are. Yeah. At no point in that sandwich am I getting like a crunch. Am yeah, I getting yeah. like a real pull away bite of like sturdy chicken? Yes, yeah. because that's that's what I was when I when I saw it, I was like, that looks like some good bread. That was the thing that almost made me try it. Yeah. But you it, almost you know, tried like it? The bread. No, I mean, I, I was fine. I don't think the bread was bad. I just don't think when you combine it, it for, for that the, execution, yeah. it wasn't the best version of that sandwich. Gotcha. What'd you say? Hey, you were going to try that sandwich? I was, but then there was something green on it. Yeah, it was like lettuce. <laughs> Would that have been your first sandwich? Uh, I've had a chicken parm that's just like chicken sauce and with bread. Okay, okay. What? Were you saying he may not have had a, a sandwich of any kind before? Yeah, he's not a big sandwich fella. Yeah, I, I grilled cheese. Maybe it's the most I've ever had as a sandwich. I don't eat lunch meat or hoagies or anything like that. We gotta put you in like a sensory <laughs> deprivation chamber and like it is a mental thing. And I want to get I want to get out. hypnotized. Yeah, um, that's fascinating. I know I need to get hypnotized or something. I, I'm hoping like a hypnotist listens to this. I've been hypnotized before, so it's possible. If you're listening to this, hit me up. And fix my life. I mean, I will say since we've started, he has opened up so much. I'm so proud. I oh, that's try. good. That's amazing. I, I, he I, has I, tried so, like I get many these, things. Like bouts of like, let's try. You know, yeah, but that's the yeah. hardest part. Is like, I want to try so bad. Right. But like the physical act of putting something in my mouth. That's what she said. Is not uh, something I'm really good at. Wow. But, okay. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, if you if you ever find that you want to like have one meal where you try some like decadent shit you've never tried before not that that is any part of my normal dining life but if you if you get to a point and you feel like you're good where you are and you want to celebrate and like try foie gras or something Mm -hmm. or like chicken liver for the first time like please hit me up i would love to be there for i appreciate that so much but that will never happen (laughs) he might i would like be afraid he would die like maybe like i could maybe maybe do like a nice steak okay you've never done a steak well i did like a, a like a quarter inch piece of steak okay uh in like high school uh, because I was grounded and all my friends are going ice skating mm-hmm. and my dad wouldn't let me. He said, if you eat this little piece of steak, I'll let you go. And I said, no. And he's like, I'll give you a hundred bucks too. <laughs> so he gave me a hundred bucks and ungrounded me for trying this little piece of steak. And I remember not hating it. Right. Oh, okay. It was just like meat, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then yeah. my mom did this whole thing for a few years where she tricked me by making me pork chops instead of chicken cutlet. Yeah. So I was eating pork chops for a few years and I found the wrapper in the trash and that was a whole mental breakdown. <laughs> So, like, there's been moments where people have tri- tried to trick me or force me. <laughs> That's so funny. But I'll always find out. Well, yeah, in, in a way, you do this podcast for the people, but it's saving your life, too. Yeah. It's yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah. And that's what we were talking about with Delilah, which was the good thing. The one thing people told me growing up, specifically my parents and grandparents, was, what are you going to do when someone wants to take you out to dinner? Or right. you go to a fancy business meeting and you want to have dinner. What, are you going to order chicken tenders? I was like, my meeting place will be Delilah. Yeah. From now on, because <laughs> yes, I will. 100%. Or 40 Love. Yeah. Like, I know, yeah. Now we're like really Plenty exploring places. these places so I can continue to be a fat chicken boy the rest of my life. <laughs> and you're going to get you're going to become so wildly powerful in this city. Yeah. <laughs> chicken tenders are going to rain from the sky. Mm-hmm. People are going to come to pay homage and bring tenders to you. Yep. You won't have to change. Yeah, this is now the third or fourth time we've gotten tenders for free. Yeah. So we're really <laughs> yeah. wheeling and we're dealing getting up here, there. Yeah. Which is one of the main goals was to eventually be offered free tenders. So let's get back into the tenders then. Mm-hmm. Now that we talked about the sub food, we talked about the sauces. The experience overall, the place was great. I yeah. want to give it an ambiance point. Okay, ambiance yeah, I, point. I, I did really enjoy the. Um, the it was the, really nice, clean, upscale, uh, but not in your face upscale like what Delilah was. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. The waiters weren't in tuxedos. 
Right. And you could take photos. Right. So. You could take photos. That's like your main, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's dive into the, like the flavor of the tenders, shall we? Yeah. I. They said they brine them. They brine them, yeah, which was nice. I don't think that it had a bad flavor, but I don't. I wouldn't say that I, I was. You, what's this hesitation? I here? wasn't unbelievably wowed by the flavor. Interesting. Were you? You think you were? I would absolutely give it a flavor point. Oh, I'll give it a flavor point for sure. Let's preface. Yeah, let's, let's not be crazy. It deserves yeah. a point. It deserves a point. <laughs> Really, I, I will say were I will some say of that the best we've had recently. Uh, sure, yeah, yeah. I, I think they're some of the best we had recently. When Adam sent us the picture of them, I I heard angels singing. Yeah, <laughs> and I just think that they didn't match up to what I had expected based off of the picture. So you raised your expectations based off the picture, yeah, and it didn't meet my raised really? expectations. And doesn't that just say so much about social media at large? It does, kind <laughs> of. But yeah, I think really, I think part of it, the image that he sent us, it's like really nice lighting. It's not as dim in there, and they. The, the color and the the brownness of the tenders pop. But they look the same as with that photo. I know. And they look like they should be really crispy. And that's why I kind of hung. True. That's why mm-hmm. I hung on that rice flour. That's why I asked you why right. you could tell. Because right. when I saw those, I thought they were going to have the double crunch right. southern fried chicken that I love. And that's why when I saw the picture, I was like, these are for me. And then when I bit them... Actually, when I picked them up, you right, could tell you can just that they tell right away be. even in your fingers. Yeah. So that was a bummer. And that's, that's where they kind of lost me. But... They were really good. They deserve a point. Yeah. I'm not talking shit about them. I just had a different expectation going into it. Yeah. Do not talk shit about them because everything I've heard, these guys will find you. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely find you. So um, that's, I guess that's probably our weakest area is figuring out the flavors and the nuances of the spices within the chicken and the brine. Do you have any commentary on that? No, I mean, I, I think... Because you could pick rice flour out of a lineup, I mean. <laughs> yeah, but that but that ultimately has more to do, I think, with, like, preparation. Like mm-hmm. you said, you, you can sort of feel the difference in, like, the, the exterior texture and stuff. Um, I, I would say I'm a guy who tends to skew more towards a heavily spiced tender. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I understand... Spice and flavors or heat? Spi- spice and flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm getting a bespoke tender, not one out of the fryer at a pizza place, mm-hmm. like, I want something that's, like, heavy on pepper, maybe... Maybe has a little bit of like a cayenne or cumin built mm-hmm. in where it's it's not hot the way you get like a Dave's or a Holland Rays, but that it's just got a little bit of that warmth to it. Yeah. And you can really sort of feel it as, as you continue to eat through the plate. These I thought were fine. Uh, I thought they were salted well enough. Like mm-hmm. I got a little bit of like that pop and flavor that you get from a nicely salted dish, but I don't feel like they had anything to offer much beyond that from a flavor perspective other than being still juicy very clearly like having a brine to them mm-hmm. yeah but but from a seasoning perspective i thought they were like mm, fine yeah. yeah pretty middle of the road interesting i wonder what my what's up with my tongue you might love that juiciness maybe because i recently had other tenders which we'll do uh in the future um have you had a hollywood burger mm-hmm. um i just had their tenders for the first time and and they're very actually similar to this place okay uh, both in look and size and quantity and all that stuff. Wow. And it was the same kind of flavor. And I was like, this is the flavor outside of those pizza shop tenders. This is the flavor I look for in my tenders. Yeah. So to me, this is like almost a perfect flavor. Oh, wow. It so, could have a little more heat for sure. 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 Uh, but this is like the general, like, I'd be very happy with this. Are taste. you, um, oh, I have so many questions. Uh, uh, <laughs> in your mind, is, is the chicken tender in some way a vehicle for ketchup? Or do you feel like I'm always going to want the chicken tender to stand up on its own? I can eat it. I can eat without ketchup. Right. I right. mean, I think for this show, 
they're not vehicles for for sauces. Right, right. We can't. Yeah, like, you you just can't because then you're a sauce show, not right. a, not a tender yeah, yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. Well, I ask because in my in my view, I think a tender like this is best served as being like a kind of neutral bite that I'm pairing with a bunch of other foods or that I'm dipping sauces mm, into. Yeah. Uh, if it's just a standalone on a plate in a white room like Matrix style, then I would have <laughs> I would prefer a more heavily spiced tender. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you, and I think that maybe maybe that's why, like, when we have this conversation, when we get into the flavor, and we often disagree. I think maybe it's because that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for more what Farley's looking for, and you're looking for sure more of just the standard tender, which I think is more in line with the show. Because when I want to give it a sauce point, I I want to give it a point because it hits what I like. Yeah. When what you like is a quintessential tender, you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. So I think I think that's fair. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but I think, yeah, I mean, so would you, well, when we give it a flavor point, do you have an additional point for flavor? I, no, I was, that's what I was hoping like with a little spice inside, but you're right. There weren't probably much, it was probably mostly just salt that I like. Yeah. And, and <laughs> cause I'm 80% salt. Because, because, right, yeah. <laughs> well, not, not only is salt a standalone flavor component that your taste buds can pick up on, obviously, but it is just an enhancer, right? Mm-hmm. It, it is a multiplier for all of the other flavors. Yeah. And yeah. so in that sense, when people talk about food being bland or that they wish it had more spice, oftentimes they're just talking about something that wasn't seasoned properly like yeah. from a salt perspective. Yeah. These, are, these I thought were salted well enough, but it just didn't have that second layer, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's entirely possible that you did find that you enjoyed the salts of yeah. the thing like as much as I did, but, yeah, that it just didn't have that kick in of, like, a second effect. Mm-hmm. Did you guys get any cartilage pieces or anything? No, no, I did not. Although I will say, I, as a guy who likes a sturdier um, breading, I did sort of also miss those like kind of end pieces where they've cragged out a little yeah. bit, and it's like more cragginess than yeah. chicken. Yeah. Even yeah, yeah, those especially with like a last swipe of ranch, I think are a really special part of the chicken tender experience. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I didn't get that either. Yeah, but I, that's those those are the ones you're just gonna find when it has a crunch point. Right, exactly. Yeah. I got two cartilage pieces. Really, yeah. two? Not not big, not like 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 game over ones just yeah. a little rubbery but i chew? did get a little bit yeah interesting oh, no. yeah which was a bummer but yeah. like i said like it wasn't it's crazy big enough. you got both of them since we shared off two plates i know it wasn't uh it wasn't you know like i was like huh. yeah <laughs> but <laughs> it was unwelcome what'd you think about the tear uh because I, mine they didn't really have mine wasn't tearing well yeah right right yeah. and i in my mind at least you guys are the are the tender connoisseurs in my mind i was thinking like oh they didn't tear as well simply because it's a product of being like better quality ingredients mm-hmm. um and most of when i think of chicken tenders that tear apart it's a commodity chicken yeah. tender but maybe that's different maybe i'm wrong in that sense you guys would know better than i well i almost asked for a fork because i do think a part of it was the fact that it was really hot and i couldn't grab to tear because right. it was so hot and um so i think that might have been part of it because certain parts of it did tear right and, um, and with a brine you're obviously losing a little bit of that interior structure yeah, think, so it's yeah. not going to tear as easily and they weren't yeah. that thick yeah when and you got a thick tender you'll with. tear it that's right and these weren't that thick so yeah mm-hmm. i would yeah yeah yeah, we're not sure. sending them to Thick Boy Ranch. That's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, they don't. Yeah, we will not be. They couldn't these. afford the membership. <laughs> <laughs> um, any other points we want to want to give them? I don't think so. I'm, so. Yeah, in my mind, th- this kind of loops back to what you were originally talking about with regards to price point. I think these are 
good tenders. Yeah. Served mm-hmm. at a relatively affordable price point mm-hmm. in a space that is certainly more conducive to anybody being able to go as opposed to a Delilah. Sure. Yeah. And so in that sense, kudos to you. You are above average, especially for factoring in like uh, fast food chains and things like sure. that. Mm-hmm. But I do... Great th- synopsis. But, but I, I, I think that if we're trying to reach the heights of what a chicken tender can possibly be, yeah, things like sinewy bites, things like in my estimation, a thin ranch sauce, small pieces, mm-hmm. no tearing, like all of that stuff has to matter. And it's, yeah. okay, it's okay to be a slightly above average thing. But it's also, as I said at the beginning, it's in that danger zone where like yeah. it's kind of forgettable because it didn't hit you one way or the other. Yeah, I feel personally, you guys are spot on in your assessment and the final rankings for this, that it is, um, it's, a, it's a pretty good place that does some things well, but it's not going to blow you out of the water. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's that's why we, we've kind of, the, the, the rubric has kind of, molded itself over the years mm-hmm. um, by like saying like these are the things like the first maybe 30 episodes are us like grabbing for points and now we're hit a stride where we know like the, the size and the shape and the yeah, color, yeah. like all those right. things are deserving of points uh, so now we kind of know what places to hit but then they you know surprise you with something yeah, yeah. like uh, the owner loves chicken tenders <laughs> yeah I think that's great and I think it, points aside we also like to say if we if we approve the place as tender friends yeah and there and and that's kind of like a separate thing from points it's not about where it falls on the scale but it's like if you were at this restaurant or if you heard someone was going to the restaurant would you say hey get the tenders right yeah and i think for this place yes yeah absolutely so we yeah that's what we we have the ultimate ranking of the points that are given but a seven point place might be tender friends approved, right? Right. And we right. have stickers too that we hang in windows. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, in the in the Michelin universe for Michelin guide yeah. rest, starred restaurants, they have this thing called the Big Gourmand, which means it's oh, a, right. it is yeah. not earned a star, yeah. but it is still a noteworthy place. Yeah. This is your version of the Big Gourmand. <laughs> oh yeah. Tender yeah. friends approved. Yeah. The big ten yeah. tenderman. Uh, we'll, we'll work on it. That's not a shirt <laughs> yet. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. We'll get Are there. Are they a Jamaican chicken tenders <laughs> podcast? What is happening? <laughs> Um, I'm glad you're on because a we've learned a lot today. So thank you so much for of sharing course, your yeah. expertise. Um, and I'm glad you were on for episode 78 because had we annoyed you to be on earlier, we might not have been able to talk as much, have as much experience. So this is this felt like a really good, perfect timing. Yeah, uh, to have you on. Yeah, so I I, I certainly that. appreciate it. And uh, for wasting your time on boy, such a stupid podcast. No, listen. <laughs> if you know anything about me, it is that I will do any dumb podcast under the sun. <laughs> oh, that, um, that feels that, good, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if you want to make a T-shirt or whatever you want to do. Uh, but no, you guys. Uh, obviously, we have a lot of friends in common, and yeah. I'm I'm super interested even more now in hearing the thoughtfulness with which you guys take this subject and your own personal backgrounds and what you bring to it mm-hmm. like i think this is a very cool thing so thank, thank you, you for thank you yeah me. i appreciate, I appreciate that. that yeah, yeah. next week we're going to have our mutual friend jake jabor on oh i love a wakey jakey uh, wake <laughs> up jakey um he uh yeah he's gonna be on we're gonna go do chili's yeah which that's is a pretty big yeah, chain that's a big one we've been talking about um, that one for a little bit and they just got a bunch of new tenders, so um, we're yeah. going to be ordering a lot of food next week. Yeah, amazing. So that'll be fun. So back to back, you know, besties. That's it. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to geocache something in your apartment for Jake to find a week. <laughs> oh, <now>. yeah. <laughs> It'll be cool. It might, it might might be a turd. I don't know what it'll be. It could be <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, it could be anything. leave your turds in my apartment. <laughs> Thank <love> you. <laughs> not the first person to say that. <laughs> Um, you also have a book. You're an I author. I do. Yeah, I wrote a book a couple of years ago that's all about, uh, mostly about the history of street food in Los Angeles and kind of why we are the preeminent city yeah. on par with a lot of places from Singapore and Thailand to you know you name it, India. Um, 
we we do a lot of things really well at a restaurant level in Los Angeles, and street food is is arguably the most important part of that equation, yeah. historically speaking, and even into today. So uh, it's a thing that's close to my heart. You can get it. It's called Los Angeles Street Food, a history from Tamaleros to taco trucks, and it's available anywhere you buy books. Awesome. Uh, we uh, yeah. If you've never been to L.A., you don't realize. How there's food trucks everywhere. Yeah, yeah. How there's food stands and parking lots mm-hmm. and how there's... Like, the thing that blew my mind and still does is when you leave a club at 2 a.m. and the people with the with the trays yeah, and the, the gas carts. tank yeah. cooking up kibasa out there. Yeah, man. Uh, that you don't see that in many other cities. You see it on a, on a turned upside down shopping cart. That's yeah, I mean, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 50,000 street food vendors in Los Angeles County alone. The vast wow, majority damn. of them have historically been regarded as uh, illegal operators. Yeah, yeah. And as the city continues to navigate a very... Um, oddly dystopian system of figuring out what is going to look like or what it's going to look like when we do legalize street mm-hmm. food um we're still seeing even now in front of like soccer games in downtown like old women with shopping carts getting pushed over as their stuff gets confiscated so yeah, yeah. it's an ongoing issue for the city um i think for people who spend any time in los angeles it's one of the best ways to experience the city and mm-hmm. dine out and it's uh, really beautiful and it's a weird cross culture where anything is possible in Los Angeles at a street food level. So I encourage anybody who's listening to not only spend your time eating chicken tenders and going to fancy <laughs> restaurants, but like support your local taquero as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, have you been to Smorgasburg? I'm sure yes. you have. Yes. Um, are there any favorites? Because there's, there's actually a few chicken tender places that, yeah. that frequent there pretty often. Yeah, so as an offshoot of the original New York version of Smorgasburg, I think they they do that stuff really well. Mm-hmm. Like some of the food's a little Instagrammy, but yeah, a lot yeah, of it yeah. is like, you know big mots like mozzarella sticks and that sort of stuff. Uh, I tend to skew towards the more traditional offerings there. Tacos mm-hmm. 1986 is a newer vendor there that yeah, does a Tijuana style carne asada taco that I think is really really great. Moose Craft Barbecue is there weekly now. They're one of the the along with uh, Trudy's and now Slab. I think the two best barbecue operators in the city of Los Angeles. So there's things that you can pick out. Burritos La Palma is another example. Oh, fantastic, delicious food. Um, but yeah, if I'm going to go to Smorgasburg, that's the stuff that I tend to skew towards. It's more yeah. straightforward things you could get outside of those walls. We haven't done a food truck on the show. Oh, excuse me. We haven't done a food truck on the show. No, uh, no. We so have, technically, no. We have not done a truck. Yeah, we, we did Hot Star, but that's not a truck. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Um, yeah, we we'll have to come. We want to do like an episode where we just go to Abbott Kinney for First Friday uh-huh. and then just see like if there's a How truck that has have. tenders yeah, and yeah. then just try to get them all. Great. Um, so yeah, if you're ever in the mood to go to Venice on a Friday night. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if you guys heard that helicopter earlier in the episode. That's They're waiting to pick me up. You're going to regret saying you I'm enjoyed yourself here. far too rich for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, 40 Love is leaving with 12 points. Yeah. Which is well above average. Our average is about 10 and a half points. Yeah. Great. So it's above average. Our highest is 18. So 40 Love is falling in that, you know, good range. It's they, definitely Tender Friends approved. Yeah. They did good. And like you said, you know, crispy size, you know, those are points that they're missing that can easily be changed. So this, this could have been a 15 point place. Yeah. Could have. Could have. But it's not. And, so and, and you guys stuck to your guns even with uh, fancy men coming over mm-hmm. and, and wanting <laughs> yeah. to give you free it's, food. So it's I, not I, the I'll, first I'll time a fancy man has offered me free food, <laughs> uh, Farley. <so. laughs> um, thank you again for being on. Thanks really appreciate me. it. Um, we'll be back next week with an episode. Jake Jabor will be here. We're going to Chili's. That'll be an exciting big chain. Um, follow us on Tender Friends Pod on Instagram. Well, Farley, what's your Instagram? I am over, over, under everywhere online. Okay. Over, over, under. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, Facebook, like, share, subscribe. Hit us with those five stars, baby. <laughs> yeah. This was a great episode. You know you want to give it five stars. <laughs> um, and we'll see you guys next week.
Bye. Bye.